Westport on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. And so let's go to the Rugby World Cup weekend and we have former Ireland internationals Billy Holland and Paul Wallace with us to look forward to Ireland against Tonga and to talk about the World Cup in general. And Paul, if I could start with you. A lot of people were surprised, indeed Matt Williams when he was with us yesterday, surprised by the strength of the Irish team selected to play Tonga. But then when you see how the French second string struggled against Uruguay last night, could it be that Andy Farrell has it right by trying to maintain as strong a team as possible, given that the so-called underdogs, with the exception of Romania, might have a bit of a bite to them? Yeah, you know, sometimes you can sort of rest and mallycoddle the players a bit. I think sometimes when you embrace a challenge that you're going to front up your, your main player, obviously you want to rest a few players here and there. Uh, and, and if you have a wholesale changes, the, the functionality of the team, the, the various combinations, it all falls out of sync. Uh, I think with respect to a, a really strong Tongan side, um, they, they're a team that are well capable, you know, with the experience they have to score tries and physically dominate. I, I think Ireland will have too much for them um, even if we had a few more changes but it's going to be a hell of a challenge and if you're not fully on, on form and also I think even though we've had the, the toughest group one of the toughest groups in world history uh, work of history I think we've got a pretty good run in and it's uh, been very beneficial to start off with Romania then this game then South Africa and then there's the two week break before the uh, before the Scotland game so it gives good opportunity where you don't have to rotate the players as much and also they were eased a lot into the whole uh, tournament with that in mind that we, we didn't have something like a, a France-New Zealand start we really had to hit the ground running so they've had a, a lot of movement of players so now I think they need uh, consistency of performance and anyone carrying a niggle yet you need to be kept back but um, especially with the competition for places but I, I think he's still going the right way and this is the mindset, you know, we'll get in, we'll recover um, and, uh, you know, they, they, I'm sure if they get to a very good start, you'll have a, a lot of key players coming off a bit earlier um, but that's a big if because they're up against a very physical challenge, uh, challenging side in Tonga. It just it seems that 13 of the starting 15 are playing in tomorrow evening's game. The exceptions being Conor Murray been in a scrum half for Jimson Gibson Park. And then we have at hooker Ronan Kelleher returning from injury, but Dan Sheehan hopefully available to be selected next weekend. So Billy Holland, what do you make of that selection going with all of the front gun players who were available? I think Andy Farrell put it perfectly when he said you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't um, I think uh, where Ireland are in terms of their season having just started and you know they had maybe three warm-up games you know the game against Romania like typically you, it'll take you three or four games to really get up to match speed the level and the intensity at which they train certainly you know kind of cuts that down a little bit but in terms of game experience, match experience bearing in mind that South Africa all of the Southern Hemisphere teams are midway through their season, they are battle hardened it takes a while to get up to speed so I think if you're Andy Farrell I don't think you've any choice but to put out your your close, your strongest team this week you go out again next week in South Africa and you get to rest up for a week before you go into your true knockout stages from then on So, and also you look at, you look at that Tongan side 
they may not be uh, you know excellent at the set from a set piece point of view but you look at their centres with Fekatoa Aki you got Piatau at full back they're a seriously dangerous outfit um, Ireland will beat them but they're a very dangerous outfit and you can't you don't want a repeat of Japan or you know other years gone by where you lose momentum this early in the tournament you say Ireland will beat them with certainty despite what happened to us in Japan four years ago Ah, this is a different outfit altogether. It's, 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 you're not comparing like with like, in my opinion. I think, you know, under Andy Farrell, you've got a totally different culture, atmosphere in the group. I think the way they play the game is totally different. You know, they were too dependent on <sighs> attacking three-phase attack offset piece. Ireland are the best, you know, broken field, you know, phase play team of the competition and they won't have a problem ultimately disposing of, of Tonga tomorrow. There will be battles, it'll be a very physical game, but Ireland will, they're, they're too mu- too good, there's too much quality, there's too much, um, uh, too many good connections without within that team, which too much experience to lose a team like Tonga tomorrow. And what do you make, Paul, of the decision to start Johnny Sexton again? Because there was a lot of commentary last week, uh, he got a 65 minutes in against Romania, he was looking in good shape, don't risk him. Make sure that he doesn't take any knocks before we get to South Africa. And yet the risk has been taken. No, I, I think you've got to go with it. You've got to take those risks on board. You, you look at so many injuries that have been happening uh, in training, players getting injured, <laughs> falling downstairs in hotels. You know, it's, um, <laughs> the, the, you know the, the, the risks are there. It's a very physical game. If you, at, at, this, at this level, and especially the, the, the lower-seeded teams have all got so much stronger, if you take, take your foot off the pedal, as Billy says there, the, the, the momentum in the tournament, you need to have both momentum and playing as well. Johnny, he needs another game, at least under his belt, I think, to be really hit to the top of his powers against South Africa. Now, he's quite miraculous how he can just come back from months out and just seem, uh, you know, fit in seamlessly. seamlessly. But um, there's some things, you know, about just running a bit harder onto, onto the line, under pressure, uh, how he does that. I think he, he was influential in unlocking a lot of defences, but I've seen him run even harder and pull players in and make the, the Irish back line move that bit smoother. Uh, so I think an, an extra game would be great. But again, you know, if you're, if you're going well 50, 60 minutes in, I, I think um, you know Johnny will be coming off. But I think it's vital he plays with the combination that's there uh, in and around him. And uh, yeah, you, 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 it's, a, it's a physical game. You could get injured, uh, but you've got to go out there. You've got to play to the top of your ability. And if you get injured, you've got to believe in the players behind you that are going to come in and fit into the, the system. Because this Irish team is not about individual players. It's, you know, if you were... There's, there's other teams in the world I think if you took them individually there's, there's some of the parts right there it's it's the structures they have especially their attacking structures a few weaknesses like the liner which I think they'll, they'll improve on with a lot more movement but it's, the individuals that are coming in are just uh, they're cogs in the machine and uh, that's the way you got to look at, your, uh, at each of these players and I think they just well, Sorry Paul are they, are they not more than cogs in the machine that they would have been in Joe Schmidt's time just referring to what Billy was saying in that for example you can't imagine Joe Schmidt having had Mac Hansen and James Lowe as his wingers in the way that Ireland played but that for Andy Farrell it's not just a question of them playing off strike plays and systems but they do have a certain degree of freedom to innovate and improvise so does that not mean that they are almost by different definition then more than just cogs in a machine 
It is a machine, but it's a machine that makes decisions. <laughs> it's AI, if it were. <laughs> look at it like that. And uh, no, the players have given all that freedom, but there's still machines. But there's still structure around that. When someone's doing something, they know they're going to do it. It might look like it's off the cuff, but all of this is the way they train. It's not um, very restrictive, uh, non-offloading play. It's actually quite the opposite. And when you look at New Zealand, you feel look at the, the players. They're playing a completely unnatural game. You think Joe Schmidt is taking control of it and maybe doing what he did with Ireland, which I think is an outdated game. It was great for a few years for Ireland. I think it's outdated now, and they just look out of confidence, not enjoying themselves. This Irish one is all about enjoyment, making decisions, playing off each other, and understanding that you can be creative. And uh, that that's that's why I think this structure. They all know to do that. So that there's lines that someone will will do something outside the box that you think is outrageous, but they've done it in training. And guys will know which way to track whether that's you know the the starting player, or the, the backup player, or the third player who might be in some positions. And and I think that's what I'm saying about this machine. It's it's a it's 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 a, a level ahead of the other teams in the competition. Uh, the way they can do that and, and have that freedom, and I think it all comes down, uh, as Billy mentioned, about the culture of this group uh, and the enjoyment and the trust that they have. I, you know, looking just from the outside, it looks just um, a, an amazingly wonderful squad uh, to be involved in. Okay, Billy, you can read too much into the first weekend or first week of a Rugby World Cup. There have been teams that have lost on the first weekend that have gone on to reach the final or even win it. But bearing that in mind, still, what did you take out of the very first round of games and were there things that surprised you or did you see signs of teams that are not going to do well or might do better than perhaps had been anticipated? Yeah, I think I think comes the end of the Wales Fiji game at the in the last Sunday. I think Ireland couldn't be better placed. I think you look at the New Zealand France game to start with. There was nothing in that game that Ireland can't deal with. You know, New Zealand. It was the manner of the, how they were defeated. They're playing really poor rugby at the moment. They'll back themselves. They've got this great psyche. They'll believe that they can still win the World Cup. But I I don't think they're anywhere near the team they need to be to win a World Cup France, you know you talk about them during the week and say they were fantastic, great start, look how they were against Uruguay that's going to set them back a little bit from a confidence point of view but I still don't want you don't want to be playing France in the quarter final of the World Cup, so I think it puts a huge bearing, a huge weighting on the Ireland-South uh, Africa game um, the week after next. I think it makes it even more important that Ireland beat South Africa, gather momentum going into, a, you know, a hopefully a quarter-final against New Zealand. And then in terms of the other teams, you know, England, you got you got to take their, your hat off to them, particularly George Ford. I know everyone talks about how disappointing Argentina were, but you know what? They played cup rugby and they came out victorious and and, and a well-deserved victory after a, you know maybe a, a, a challenging sending off earlier in the game. They've had no luck, um, but they're going to be a team. And I know Ronald Gar has spoken extensively about Australia, and he thinks they'll they'll take a scalp. Um, you know, so there's how how you go into a World Cup with your predictions will never be as you expect it to be. But I do think that Ireland are even better placed than previously. But it puts tomorrow's game and the following week have an even greater importance. It's all about momentum. It's about keeping that good, uh, you know, good feel, feel good factor in the squad that there currently is. Okay, what do you think, Paul? What have you spotted out of the first week? 
Um, <clears throat> Billy mentioned there about uh, Fiji as I go to Australia. I think Fiji have a really good shot on Sunday. Um, you know, they, they've James Slipper, a loose head in a tight head. Um, it, this Fiji side are very good. I, I, I think they started, uh, went through periods of time against Wales where they didn't go well but when they start going when they get motoring they're a very good side so I, I watch out for them I think that's going to be a, a, a huge um, that, that's going to be a huge game this weekend um, the other you know looking France obviously uh, how they got on against New Zealand you always say you know uh, even a dead cat bounces and uh, you will get something out of New Zealand uh, be sure about that but they just don't look the confident side that they were of the other sides yeah well, you always know when you looked at that English 15 there's some real quality and experience within the squad and that they've got such an easy um, route relatively and to, to, as do Wales that there's an opportunity to go to them to get to a semi-final probably um, you know odds on with the who they're up against that they might get there ahead of Ireland because of the, what we're going to meet in the quarter-final uh, when, if we get out of the group which is still an if at this stage because Scotland can run up big scores and if they cut us in the last game even if we did beat South Africa so it's uh, there's an awful lot to play for I think Ireland are looking good we, we were obviously the Romania game was a and he's in uh, with a little bit rusty, obviously, temperatures. But it, the, the work on like the line-out, I think, can be fixed, uh, remedied quite easily. And I just, yeah, I just think we, we were looking pretty good after week one. Billy Holland, how much concern should there be that there will be refereeing or decisions made, not necessarily on the pitch by the referee, but by the uh, TMOs in relation to high tackles and inconsistency in decisions which could cause some teams badly. It could even be us if somebody gets their tackle technique wrong. Is there too much inconsistency in the decision-making at present? Yes, there's way too much inconsistency. Like George Moala should be playing for Tonga tomorrow. You know, that, that, that five-game ban I think he got a month or two ago, he should be playing tomorrow. It's there's total inconsistency out there. I hate the idea of personally. I hate the idea of somebody in a, a video room in a different part of Paris making a decision on something that's happening in a stadium. It's too why um, when they might have a better view of having all the technology available to them that the ref hasn't. Why have referees so? It's too sanitised. You, 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 I get that there needs to be, you know, the biggest threat to the game is probably the head contact area and looking after that. But I don't think they're going about it in the right way. I, it's, it's a cop-out for the referees. Make a decision. You look at that tackle last night. It's a red card. Stop crossing your arms and go into the bunker. Make a decision. If you need to speak to the TMO... Maybe you need to speak to, to the TMO and have the have the crowd vein down on you. But like, it's a sport. It's a competition. Like, why bring it to a sterile environment? Uh, next thing we're going to have solicitors or legal experts making decisions. With a oh, sorry, they do make the decisions like, when yeah, it comes to reviews later in the week. Yeah. And hence why teams like Tonga are denied a player like George Moala, whereas England can afford some hotshot barrister from London who's going to, you know, do a trumpet and throw a load of uh, money at a case and get uh, um, Farrell playing at the World Cup. And I also believe he should be at the World Cup. It's just, I don't think it's fair. You ask me, there's no consistency. I think it's erratic and too sterile. I don't like it. 
Just to finish with you on that point, Paul Wallace, because there are people who would have said, well, Curry shouldn't have been sent off and then we're amazed to see that he ends up getting a two-match ban on top of it. And then on the other hand, Jesse Creel got away with one against Scotland and he doesn't even get a review afterwards. Yeah, technical, wasn't it? Hit the ball and flipped up for Jesse Creel. But if you look at his body position, none of them are hinging to go that bit lower. Uh, either him or Curry, and I think both of them deserved uh, a, a red card. So that's not having the. It is reckless. You can say that someone else moves a bit like Andy Farrell incident pre World Cup. If they move out, you know, suddenly and you can't react to it. But if you're running in an upright position and you do end up making some contact with the head, you're still at fault. Whether you clip his shoulder or a ball. For first and then the head. Um, but I think there's different levels of severity as well in these, um, and that should be easy. It shouldn't be one um, <clears throat> one size fits all. Uh, coming back, I think the review process and, and, and those hearings and, and how that was judged is, was a disgrace and George Morala as well, I understand. And just to add further to that, I thought the referee against Fiji, there was, um, they got all the decisions against when it came to yellow cards against Wales and could probably have won the game if the decisions had been a bit more equal on that game. So I do think uh, the bigger teams normally get the, the calls. Uh, New Zealand always got calls in the game because of the perception. I don't think it's referees having a, um, a something for one side or against another, I think. But there is a perception in the stronger sides that they should be, do, and a little bit of pressure maybe on them, um, to give yellows and reds. Uh, and, and I think that's always in the back of the mind whether referees know it or not. Uh, and unfortunately, um, yeah, that, that's something that I think it's okay. the Polynesian sides. Thank you very much. Paul Wallace and Billy Holland for being with us for our weekend World Cup preview and we look back over all the games in Monday's Last Word on Sport. The Last Word on Sport on Today FM with Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.